Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 130 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today I have with me, I've actually, um, she's actually a repeat guest. And the other cool thing about our guest today is that she plays an integral, integral role in making this podcast happen in part of the podcast production. It's, it's the great and wonderful Sarah Richmond. Hello, Sarah. (laughs) You are hilarious. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Well, tell me about your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> you don't know anything about it, right? That's um, really great. <laughs> Sarah does, okay, Sarah does like, she does the dirty work of the <laughs> podcast, I think. Um, she, <laughs> she takes the, she takes the, the, um, the, the transcript and then she writes up show notes for it. And, um, so whatever you're reading in the show notes, that's all Sarah. She does all of that. And then she also makes sure that it gets posted to social media. And what else do you do? Um, I make sure that it goes live and, um, in the podcast host. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also you send out the email. I do. Yeah. yeah, she sends out the email. So, by the way, if you're listening and you're like, what email? You can get an email every Wednesday morning from us that says, here's the podcast. And it gives you a direct link to the podcast and the show notes and the whole nine yards. Just a little email. It's not spammy at all. It's got a nice picture in it and little links. And anyway, you can get that. It's from Sarah. It's actually from me, but it's Sarah's actually the ghostwriter behind it. And, um, you can get that every Wednesday morning. All you have to do is go to my website, flyingfreenow.com, which by the way, well, as of this podcast, we, it just went live. We have a new website. Have you noticed that Sarah? I I bet. Have you noticed? It looks great. Yeah. It's a new, so, um, my friend Becky, she, uh, she completely redesigned the whole entire thing. And so if you are, of course you guys will be listening to this a few months from now. (laughs) That's <laughs> so gonna be old news. <laughs> it's so I, new. <laughs> I hate that about the podcast is that I record so far in advance because I'm so scared of getting behind that <laughs> that everything is already like ancient news by the time it reaches the actual podcast. So um anyway, that's just that's just the way it goes. So uh, you hopefully you guys have all seen that. But if you want to get the emails, you go over to my website and get on my mailing list. There's different places you can get on there. Um I don't even know where they all are anymore, but, um, I try to make, we, I think she tried to make them obvious. Just sign up anywhere, anywhere where it says name and email. If you give us your name and email, you'll probably get on that list. And then we'll send you an email on Wednesday mornings with a podcast. Otherwise you can just subscribe to it in iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get, you know, whatever your favorite podcast app is. It's another way to do it. Um, so yeah, so Sarah, okay. So Sarah and I were talking about like what we would talk about and we thought it would be fun, not fun, but it'd be, (laughs) it's not really, none of these topics are ever very much fun. It's such a, like a serious podcast. So I'll just alternate. I'll tell jokes every 
three minutes. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of why I brought Sarah on. She's like, she provides some comic relief, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> she provides that for me anyway. I'm not really basis. <laughs> I love Sarah. She makes me laugh. Um, so anyway, hopefully she'll make you guys laugh, but this topic though is kind of serious. It's what, what happens? What can you expect when you, when you decide, if you decide to leave your abusive relationship and, um, people ask this all the time, or, you know, what I see a lot in the forum, the private forum that we have for flying free and flying higher is I see people saying they, they, they leave or they file for divorce, or maybe they just separate And then they come into the forum and they're like, it's so bizarre. My partner is doing this, you know, X, Y, Z. And the thing is, it's not bizarre at all. It's like what they all do, (laughs) that person is doing it. And so um, that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about. It's like, what do they do that's so bizarre, but they all do it. So it's really not that bizarre. It's actually normal for abusers to do these things. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, what things do you wish that you knew beforehand, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk uh, about this. I mean, what you said is true. Almost every woman is going to bring up the same questions or the same concerns or have really similar experiences. And in the past, my church has referred people to me. I've actually had people hear me on your podcast before and maybe in my butterfly story. And they contacted me through my website and sometimes it was related to business and sometimes it wasn't, it was just, you know, Hey, thanks for your story. And I end up repeating some, some things often. And, um, usually it relates to, to what they're going through when they're leaving. And it's a really chaotic, scary time, but there's some similar themes. And I just sort of wanted to address those that I hope will help women who, they're about to, or they're in the middle of it, or maybe they're past it, but this will help um, just bring them to a a greater place of peace. Um, I would say the first thing to know is that, uh, and you sort of hit on it, it's, they're going to behave in predictable ways. And those ways are horrible. Uh, Leaving all the behavior that you saw before you left, you're going to see ratcheted up times like 5,000. And that sounds horrible, but um, if you expect that, or just assume that that's what he's going to do, then I think you'll be better equipped to just say, okay, this is normal. And it's not, it's not your fault. This is his bid to either uh, scare you or guilt you or um, just somehow sway you into, into doing his bidding. And usually that's just to get you back into the home and into the same dynamic you were in before. And I remember being harassed and stalked myself and it was terrifying. And I, I had a friend who was, very wise. And she just said to me, Sarah, this is not an emergency. Now, was I in danger? Yes. But she meant, you know, his constant hounding me by text, by email, by voicemail. Um, And I decided you're not an emergency. I don't have to respond to everything that you do. And he kept telling me this is, this is your fault. And it it wasn't. So nothing that he's doing is your fault. That is what I wish I knew beforehand. He's going to act really crazy and it's not your fault. And along with that, I think because of what we've been through, and usually it's years or even decades of this same cycle, we think that if we give in to, to whatever demands they have, and usually it revolves around the kids or coming back or whatever it may be, we think if we give in, it'll help. Or if we're just really kind, they'll calm down. And all that does is feed the flames. It yeah. does not help at all. It prolongs it. 
And so if, if you can, in those moments, remind yourself that the whole point of you leaving was to stop this and its tracks. So giving in and even to go into sort of a third point, mimicking anything in your marriage, any of the dynamics you had, they're not going to help. They're not going to serve you or your kids. It's just going to keep you on what I call this psychotic merry-go-round. Yeah. So whatever you need to do to stop that, to keep yourself safe, to Whoa. disengage. Can what I just, start, yeah, well, I just want to jump in here and say, um, it won't actually stop them from doing what they're doing. They'll, ju- they'll keep doing it, mm-hmm. but, but you, and you can't really control that, but you can, st- when you stop doing what you usually do yes. in the, in that situation, that's when the dynamic changes, but usually when you stop doing what you usually do, that kind of throws them off balance and, and they start, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why they ratchet up. But I wanted to say too, though, that some, I know your, your guy, he got really, really wacko and some of them do, they, they're like totally insane, but some of them, I think a lot of them actually get all kind of weepy and I'm so sorry. And all of a sudden they'll, you know, they start doing the love bombing thing. I think I see that happen more often, but I'm going to say this with a caveat that will happen first. It's kind of like Uh a lot of guys will do that. That's their first, called it a bid, a bid Uh to burn. Yeah. That's their first bid. And if that doesn't work, then that's when they go ballistic. And some, some of them though are like yours and they'll be more overtly like that. But some of them will be, some of them may be more like mine who did the smear campaign behind my back. It was like the, didn't say anything to my face, but behind my back, he was going around and spreading all kinds of fascinating stories about me. I mean, if only I was that fascinating, you know, (laughs) if only I was that dramatic of a person, but, um, but, and then people believed a lot of people, Mm -hmm. not everyone, but a lot of people believed him. And then that's really painful for the woman too, because it's like, my gosh, I've been, I spent my whole life, like building a reputation, not, not a fake reputation, but like, just, (laughs) this is just who I am. And I've always had a good reputation with people and, you know, for being a truth teller, for being mm-hmm. a woman of integrity, for being a hard worker, for being on time, for being, you know, caring for, you know, all of these things. And then all of a sudden in just one year, your entire reputation can be leveled to the ground because of somebody's lies. It's yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, it can take one conversation and it, that is, I will say this though, mine ran the gamut. It wasn't just, um really scary, what I would call psychotic behavior. It was the smear campaign. Um, it was, so what, what I noticed and what you'll start to notice, and this is a really great way to empower yourself in the beginning, over time, it'll just become background noise, is you'll start to identify the pattern like and where you are in the cycle of abuse. So usually mine will start with a bit of kindness when I'm like, when I set a boundary. <clears throat> and then when that doesn't really work, cause maybe I push in like, okay, now change your behavior. This needs to stop. Then he'll push in with, no, this is your fault. And he'll move into bullying and blame shifting and projecting. And then once bullying doesn't do much of anything, like, and he'll try, he'll try multiple avenues. Like maybe he'll say something nasty about, you know, the past, about the way I parent, um, about the fact that I did this all for the money. Like he'll hit whatever he can and usually really long texts, which I love. 
And then once I, when, once I'm not very interesting and I'm like, no, I have no response or whatever, then he'll, yeah. then he'll give up. And a little while later, not that day, he'll go back into sort of like fawning, you know, trying to appease me. And eventually he just lets off and there's, there's quiet for a while. So if you can recognize where you are in that, in that part of the cycle, then knowing, okay, you're about to flip out and I can just ignore it is, I, I think it's empowering. It's, it doesn't make it benign, but it makes it much less scary. And it can be more like water off a duck's back versus, oh my gosh, you know, everything he says is true. And I have to respond to everything. And, you know, it, yes, it, your perspective will make a huge difference in how traumatic and horrible this stuff is to you. Yes. So um, I, I will say that if you, if you can eliminate your dramatic response or your mm-hmm. reaction to them, that will change the entire game. Yeah. If so you, I'm, but, Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I'm four years out and I can still tell that there's, I would say that this person gets his jollies by trying to incite things like trying like to instigate things with me. And I just, and and I mean, it, it could just be that I actually respond to something that I don't have to respond to, or I give him a bit of information related to my life that he doesn't absolutely have to know. And from there he'll, he'll try to, you know, go to a thousand, get nowhere and then come back down. But I just, I just, the fact that I know that he gets his jollies from that is enough. It's hard. It's really hard to control myself sometimes when I want to just rip the ridiculous BS that I'm dealing with apart, but mm-hmm. staying quiet and not responding is, I would say key to, I don't, you can't stop their behavior, but over time they'll learn oh, this just doesn't work. And they'll, they'll try every now and then again, but it just, it just doesn't work. Right. So they're not going to waste as much energy. Um, and your deadness is powerful. Yes. Yes. And then give, that doesn't mean that you have to be dead in general though. And there are parts that you're going to, are going to, you're going to want to reawaken and you're going to be able to give your full self to other people, but not to them. (laughs) Right. Right. Yes. Very, very. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. And then Along with that, I mean, even though you're doing what you can, obviously, by, by leaving um, and, and responding differently, you're not going to come out of this and you haven't come out of this unscathed and your kids aren't either. So don't have that as your goal. This idea that if I do X, Y, and Z, then everything will work out. That ship sailed when you were born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. When you were given the gift of life, yes. it, it came with a lot of baggage. Yeah. And with that, then the goal isn't that you, you figure things out perfectly, that you perfectly protect your children, um, that you heal perfectly or in a certain time. One of the beautiful things about this process is that you were finally throwing off the shackles, not just of a marriage that was killing you, but a, a lot of ideologies and false beliefs that were destroying your spirit as well. And one of those I think is that is just that linear thinking and it's spiritualized in the Christian world that if you do X, Y, and Z, then you'll get this result. And that's not true. There's mm-hmm. some truth to it, but it's not true. And so I would just say that try to remember in the chaos of this huge, huge transition that the goal isn't to find some kind of immediate normal, that you're going to have periods of constant readjustment. Frankly, for the first few years, it seemed like, and it's still sort of like this in a sense, it seemed like every time I got my feet underneath me, they got knocked out again. And I don't mean that to sound as if, <laughs> as if things were horrible and there was no forward movement and no, no progress. That's not true at all. I just mean that there wasn't a real way for me to find some kind of 
normal or build, um, what would you call those things that you do constantly? What's the word? I can't remember. Habits. Habits. And yeah, just, I had to routines. be in, yeah, routines. I had to be like really, really flexible and really gracious. Otherwise I felt miserable and like a huge failure. So try to be really, really flexible and gracious with yourself. Try to look at yourself as if you are a cute little fuzzy cat that you just want to <laughs> love. <laughs> okay. This is, this is what I love about you. Okay. So that was a very encouraging. That was, you know, that was a really encouraging piece of advice. Is there anything else that you needed to hear back, back then when you were going through your thing that you wish that you would have known or that you needed to hear? I think just generally, and I sort of touched on it, that just because you're doing the right thing doesn't mean it's not going to be easy. And the fact that it's really hard is not because you're doing the wrong thing or because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because it's hard. That's it. That's profound. Let's just stop and think about that for a minute. (laughs) It's hard because it's hard. Yeah. It is. You're not weak and you're not failing. It's just hard. And it's okay. It's not, I think a lot of it, I mean, it's human nature to want to escape icky feelings, Mm -hmm. right? We want to, and we will try to solve for those icky feelings in some way. Usually like in some way that's a quick fix and those quick fixes are not very effective long-term. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other problem is that we don't ever learn that we can actually, we are, we can actually sit with hard things. We can actually yeah. sit with icky feelings. We, they're not going to kill us. I, I mean, I have experienced a lot of, a lot of really hellish feelings over the past few years and I have learned to like when they come and wash over me mm-hmm. to actually just allow them to be with me to yeah. say, okay, I guess this is the time when I'm going to feel like I just want to die, you know? Yeah. What you're saying is actually, and it's, I know this stuff isn't new to you, but isn't it a constant process where you're just going deeper and deeper into things and you're trusting yourself more and you're trusting the process more? Yeah. 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 And if you can learn that, that icky feelings won't kill you, mm-hmm. you, you do actually become much stronger. It's weird. Cause you think that they're going to your brain, your amygdala is awakened and it's like mm-hmm. screaming at you that you're going to die. And your prefrontal cortex is shutting down mm-hmm. your, you know, and your prefrontal cortex, that's like your reasoning brain, your rational brain, your creative, you know, that's like the part of your brain that is able to come online and just make your life amazing. But it shuts down when your little amygdala is, you know, screaming that you're going to die. Yeah. And so, and I, th- I think what, what you're pointing out is that our biology is made to protect us. And so when we realize that we've been avoidant or we're self-sabotaging or we're numbing out in the middle of this process, like, I don't know about you, but I had times where I would realize I mean, that I'd ate like crap for an entire week, or I had just been standing in my kitchen for most of the day, like, almost like walking in circles like a lame duck because I was so um, I was in overload so much because of the constant chaos and we don't have to hold ourselves in contempt because of that our bodies are just getting us through and over time if we sit with those feelings that come up when they come up and trust the process the path isn't into deeper more horrible things it's actually it's actually taking us into peace and, and and healing the deepest wounds that we have that's right Um, I keep thinking as we're talking, I keep thinking of a podcast 
episode that I heard from Brene Brown's, uh, what's her podcast called? Do you remember? I don't remember, which stinks. I should know. Just look up Brene Brown podcast. And she did one with the, oh gosh, these two sisters. (laughs) Oh my word. I have a terrible memory. You know, the people, with those people, she was like talking to some people on this podcast. Anyway, it was these two sisters and they wrote a book about stress. It's called burnout. I think this, the book is called burnout and it's by two sisters. They're twins. And the, the podcast episode was about stress. You know what? I'm going to put the link in the show notes. So this is another reason why you got to go to the show notes. There's extra stuff in the show notes that Sarah puts it. Sarah is going to put the link in the show notes. <laughs> the link to this podcast episode by Brene Brown. You're Don't welcome. you worry, listeners. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're welcome, Brene, for sending, <laughs> sending my millions of people to <laughs> your famous <laughs> podcast. Um, anyway, it's a great podcast because I actually went out and bought the book because, and the book is great too. Because it was the first time I'd ever really realized that stress is normal and it's okay. We all are scared of stress and we all think, oh my gosh, I'm stressed. Ah!" But actually stress is normal. You should be experiencing stress throughout the day. That's good. It's, it's what you want to do is learn how to complete the stress cycle. Mm -hmm. And that's what that whole podcast and and the book burnout is about is learning how to complete the, the, the podcast, learning how to complete the stress cycle. And one of the best ways to do that is physical activity. So what I have done since I heard that podcast, it was several months ago now, and I learned that I have taken walks. So when I have had, and I've had several extraordinarily like extreme stressful times since then, um, scary times. And I have take, uh, what I do is I put on my headphones and I, I'm, I'm sorry, but my favorite stress, complete the stress cycle song is by Sia and it's called, um, oh gosh, why can't I think of it? I love her. It's called never give up. Mm, okay. I'm going to listen to that, it. I think that's what's called. Never give up. Um, and yeah, is that what it's called? I'm going to put the link to that in the podcast too, whatever it's called. Anyway, it is like, like I walk and I listen to that and it fires me up and it mm. reminds me, I will not give up. Mm. I want to, but I will not. Let's see. Let me think of the lyrics. You look at me down when I keep going the ground, but I never give up. No, I never give up. No, no. Oh, you were so how, cute. How was that? I mean, I was over here just getting down. Were you? No, but I loved it. Oh gosh, I wish I could. All I can remember is the never give up part, but that, you know, that's the best part, right? Yeah. Never give up. So you guys have to go listen to that song. If you've never listened to rock and roll, it's okay. It won't kill you. Go listen to that song. See ya. Never give up. And it'll fire you up. And that song helps me. It really does help me to complete the stress cycle. And I walk and I walk fast and I kind of have a determined look on my face. (laughs) And I have listened to that even when I've felt like a a tremendous grief Mm. um, over, over the loss of something that I, you know, have loved. And I, I have needed that message of just, I'm not going to give up no matter what anything can get stripped away from me. And I am going to live, I'm going to live my life 
and I'm, and nothing is going to stop me from living my life. I'm going to show up because that's who I am. Mm. So, and that's who survive. That's who I've noticed survivors do tend to be. They tend to be people who are every time they get knocked down, they get back up again. That's the other, that's the other, that's the other thing I want to say. If you've ever seen, if you've never seen, um, it's not wonder woman, it's captain America, right? Captain America. Is that who she is? No cap. No, it's captain Marvel. Yeah. Captain Marvel. If you've never seen that movie, you have to see that movie and you'll see yourself in that heroine. Yeah. Not heroin. Heroin is the drug, right? No, you got it, heroin. But oh. in this case, it has an E on the end. Oh, okay, they're both called heroin? Like, well, I'm going to smoke should... some heroin, or, and no. also heroin? I am a heroin? heroin? Maybe you should make the E uh, a, a long E. Heroin. That heroin? will sound better. We're not talking about drugs, people. This is yeah. this Don't, is don't do drugs. You guys, stay away from the drugs. Unless it's like antidepressants. Luxapro <laughs> was a lifesaver for me. And also... <laughs> Xanax once in a while. <laughs> On that note, you will heal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. With a little help of heroin. No, just kidding. I, um, there, so we talked about things that, you know, I wish I knew beforehand that relate to sort of external factors, but there are things that I, I know I needed to hear. And I said them to myself and I've said them to other women. And if we can touch on those real quick, I'd love to. Yeah, let's turn. Yes, let's do that. So one and it's just be kind to your body. I mentioned, you know, treating yourself like a little fuzzy cat. You cannot even comprehend what your body's been through over Mm. the last years and decades. And Mm. getting out is not going to decrease the stress in the short term. And and in some ways, I mean, the beautiful thing is you're not around that person who is bent on destroying you every second of the day. And that is significant. Don't underestimate that. But assume that you need as much sleep and care and tender, loving um, gentleness as a little baby and maybe even more. And if there's one person that you should not allow to make you feel guilty about that, it's you. I mean, yes. that's, I just got to a point in my recovery where I was so fed up. I, you know, I, I left behind my ex. I'd left behind some people who rejected me or didn't, didn't trust me anymore when I made that choice. And I had come into my own in a lot of ways. And I realized I was still harming myself from the inside out. And I was so fed up with it and, and not honoring my body and being gentle and kind with it. Isn't it? I hated how guilty and pathetic and disgusting I felt when I when I didn't do that, you know, when I recognized physical weakness or limitations and I just, I'm done with it and everybody else should be too. Yeah. You're you're human and that's not going to change. And what you've been through is a lot and you should be, you've been there every single moment with yourself. So if anybody understands (laughs) what you need, it's you. Yeah. 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 So many women struggle though with loving themselves. They really do hate themselves. I think that's like one of the first things that we have to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And even just not hating that you hate yourself, not holding yourself in contempt because you have those feelings. Right. Like grace upon grace upon grace and compassion, unending compassion for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then, you know, we talked about how people will reject you and and how that's one of the biggest pains and also just one of the most surprising, horrible aspects of this. You don't know anybody, your story. You don't have to defend yourself to anyone. Yeah. And yeah, you don't have to answer anybody's questions. You either. don't. 
You don't. I mean, I'm not going to say that there haven't been times I've been yelling in my living room at an imaginary person, like, and blah, 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 you know, <laughs> but better same. Keep, keep it in your living room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to demean yourself anymore. You did in your marriage and you, you probably pursued a person who didn't care about you at all. And you, you know, engaged with a fool and you tried to please other people who didn't know what the heck they were talking about. You do not have to do that anymore. Yep. Yeah. Just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean you have to answer it. I just last night, someone asked me a question and I said, eh, I don't think I'm really comfortable talking about that. And you know what they did? They're like, Oh, okay. Totally fine. Sure. So. Exactly. And then, um, going back to the abuse cycle that we talked about, that's just going to come up. It's going to be a a lovely theme in your life. You're like, Oh, there you are again. Fantastic. Uh, You can, you can remind yourself and you should, I think you should do it every day that you're not who he says you are. Nothing about his perspective of you is true. And so for example, let's say someone walks up to you one day and they stare you in the eye and they say, you are a llama. You're a llama. <laughs> Wouldn't you just laugh and be like, you're insane. And right. walk away. Well, right. if you can, and of course this probably isn't going to feel real or true for a while. Try to approach the way he treated you as if he was just telling you you were a llama the whole time because he doesn't even know what he's talking about. That's right. He couldn't see your value. He couldn't esteem you or love you. He, he, he doesn't know who you are and what he says about you is not valuable. It's trash. And it's not reflective of anything that's, that's true. Right. About you. He just had thoughts in his head. He was, you were just a circumstance in his life and he had thoughts in his head about you and he, he got to pick his own thoughts. And of all the millions of thoughts that he could have picked, he picked some pretty crappy ones. And then those thoughts about you made him feel certain ways. And then he, did certain things. And now the result is that you're leaving him. Yeah. And I, would I always say remember that. that too. The results are his results. Like they're yeah. not, they're not, it's not your fault. Cause a lot of women are, are like, Oh, I feel kind of feel so kind of feel bad for him. You know? Mm-mm. Well, why he chose that? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that there's a place, a time and a place to leave anger aside for the most part, not to say that you <clears> act as if nothing's wrong when, when, you know, recurring things happen, but anger in the beginning was really helpful to me. And you yeah. should have a righteous anger about the, the complete crap that you've dealt with and that you are dealing with because yeah. you are valuable. And that's, that would be my next thing that you need to hear that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of safety. You are worthy of honor. You're a good woman. You're worth pursuing. And what you experience is not reflective of your value at all. Right. Yeah. And I just, I wish I could just drive that home. And I just want to honor anybody who's listening to this, who has made the choice to leave, because even if you don't feel it right now, even if on the inside, you're hating yourself on a daily basis, you look in the mirror and you see a wasteland of a person. That's not always going to be true. But beyond that, you affirmed your value when you said no more and you left. So connect to that at the very least. And and one day I do believe that you're going to connect on a really deep level to just how amazing and worthy of honor you are if you keep being open to healing right and that that was that was number five that you can trust the process you're going to heal there there were times especially when I had like the betrayal and rejection of family members I said to my older sister at one point I'm I'm never gonna heal how will I ever heal from this pain it is so deep and I could almost laugh at that at this point because not to say there aren't times where something might come up and sort of "Mm," you know make me cringe but there are so many things I've healed of that I just 
they, they seemed like insurmountable obstacles in my heart, things that just, I mean, it was as if there was no way for my heart to be piece packed together. And it's not true. And that's another thing that I'm going deeper into more recently, just how we look at ourselves and we see broken <laughs> and really nothing's actually wrong with us. There's a lot that we believe that, that makes us think that we're broken or busted up, but these are just <clears throat> beliefs at your core nothing's been taken from you at your core. You are, you are whole still. And, um, and you are the the things that ache now are not always going to ache. And the things that cause you to flounder now, your you know, your deep end, so to speak, are going to become your shallow end over time. Don't give up hope with that. It's true. And that would be my, one of my last things that I would say is that there are too many other people in this world who've been through hell and who've walked out of it, who've been through what you've been through and who've reached uh, greater healing and had amazing lives for you not to believe that it can't happen for you. And on some tough days, I always just thought back to that. No, there are so many people who started from nothing or, or had to start again from nothing. There's people who have had everything taken from them and somehow they did it. And I can too. And that's, that's true for you. There's nothing profoundly different about the people that we're amazed by and, and you, it's just a matter of, are you, are you willing to fight for yourself? Right. If you are, then you are going to thrive. You are going to have an amazing life and you can assume that all the beliefs you've had that have held you captive in your marriage. And even, and even now that are, that are affecting you on a daily basis, that they're not true. Entertain the thought that you don't actually know how amazing you are, how great you're, future can be, um, how, what, what your responsibility is in life for real, like the things that you actually should care about, um, what your identity is really based on just everything that you think you believe. I'm not saying toss it all out the window, but for me, being open to negotiating those things has made a huge difference because when, when I got out of my marriage, I ended up, like I said, being the only person left abusing myself on a consistent basis. And the only way to stop that was to challenge the beliefs that I had gently and kindly, but realizing that he wasn't the only one (laughs) who had done me harm. And uh, the greatest freedom and joy that I found is in the transformation that I've experienced since then. And that is not even really a reflection of just healing from my marriage. It's a reflection of just a, a constant evolution with myself and discovery. So, yeah, I, I need to put in a plug here for the programs too, because I, those of you who are listening, some of you are in the, in flying free and some of you aren't, but so far in the last five years, we've had over 2000 women go through the programs and that number that might sound like a lot, but it really only represents like a snowflake at the top of an iceberg of women, of Christian women out there that need help. Okay. So don't think, never think that you're alone. I used to think I was alone. I thought I used to think I was, I literally thought I was the only one going through what I was going through. Mm. I had absolutely no idea that it was a thing that it was like, not just a thing, but it was really, really, it's an epidemic. Okay. Mm. In the Christian world. So, um, Anyway, if you have not, if you don't know anything about Flying Free, you can learn more if you just go to joinflyingfree.com. Um, all of the information is there. There's, I hear every single day, I hear 
somebody. I either get an email or I hear it in the forum or I get a message, Facebook message or whatever of someone saying this program has changed my life. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's how it's, it's a, it's a program. It's systematic. It will, it will do, if you're one, if you're at the beginning, people come into the program and they're like deer with, you know, in the headlights, they, they're like, what, where, where am I? What do I do? How does the, I want to change now. Like I want the transfer. I'm a, I want, you know, Cinderella's godmother to go <laughs> bibbity bobbity boo and change me like right now. And we have to tell them it's a process. It will happen. It will happen, but you need to go through the program. You need to walk through it and do it in these little bite-sized pieces and slowly over time in within one year, you will think differently. You, it's like, you will become Mm -hmm. your whole brain will change. And then that is what changes your life. Yeah. So, um, check it out. And then if you're already divorced and you are still feeling like you're sitting in your front yard and your house just got burned down and you're wondering where am I supposed to go now? Cause that's what divorce feels like. It really does feel like your house got leveled and you have no idea where am I supposed to, like, how do I even begin to rebuild what, what, what I had? That is, that is where the program flying higher comes in. And those women over there, they're all divorced and they're all rebuilding their lives. And that program will help you do that. So it's a little more intense. There is an application process to get into flying higher because I want to keep that group small and focused. So you have to go through that application process. You have to get an invitation. The invitation is only, excuse me, it's only open for 48 hours. And if you don't accept the invitation, then you have to wait for six months to get another invite. So don't fill out the application unless you're ready to go, but you can learn about the whole program and, and walk through the application process by going to joinflyinghire.com and you can learn more there. So she's saying this in front of me, ladies, and I have been in the program. So obviously she has no fear because this is the real deal. (laughs) It is. I've heard, I've had, I just get too much feedback on a regular basis that it changes people's lives. So I want to thank you, Sarah. Did you have any last words before, before we end? Funnily enough, I just wanted to thank you. I don't, I doubt you get, I mean, maybe you get thanks, but I know that. um, I get no thanks. I get no thanks. No thanks. (laughs) Gosh, no, just, I mean, I know a fraction of a fraction of what you've been through just, you know, on the outside. And then, you know, some things we've talked about when I've worked with you, but I just, I know that you're constantly serving other people and that, like I just mentioned, you are the real thing. And I love that you offer women a place of safety and you offer them a path to healing and freedom. And I just, I'm really, really grateful for you. Mm, Thanks, Sarah. I really love working with you. I love how you make me laugh. I really like to laugh. So <clears throat> I have to, I'm ready to cough out a lung. Have you noticed that? I'm like starting to cough. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> watch, I just die here on the podcast. No. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, Sarah, Sarah makes, she totally makes me laugh. Every time I talk to her, she makes me laugh. And I just, <laughs> I love that. I just feel like laughter I think survivors tend to be pretty funny people anyways. I don't know. It's like either you, I think I've said this before too. You either, you either want to slit your throat or you want to laugh. It's like one or the other. 
you know, with, yeah. because of the trauma that, but I think that in order to be resilient and to survive, you have to have some kind of a sense of humor on some level. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> I don't think abusers have a sense of humor. Yeah. Not, not ever, a real one. No, not a real one. You're right. They can make, you know, jokes at the other people's expense or like but, really wrote jokes, you know, like things that they always depend on. They always yeah. Say. Yeah. Yeah. It's not real though. It's not connected to real. Like, I don't think they can laugh at themselves or, mm-hmm. you know, or laugh at their own foibles. And I think that those, did I say, now, did I say that right? Foibles? Oh, What's my problem? I can't I even talk today. Like you said, foil, like 10 foil. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even laugh at their own foil. Foibles. <laughs> foibles. Foibles. Cheapers. Anyway, um, I got to stop picking words like that. Like I need to think of, think of easy words. I'm starting to regress and go back to kindergarten. <laughs> so anyhow, um, see, but like that, even that, like we can laugh at, I can laugh at the fact that I can't even, you know, there's someone out there going, oh my word, she can't even say the word foibles. Gosh. And <laughs> I know, I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit here and chillax. And be, <laughs> say all the wrong words and be totally okay with it. Because you know what? I am human. I'm a humanoid and I do human things and we all do. And I love that. Like, let's just be messy humans together and just laugh at each other. It's so yeah. much more fun than being judgy and nasty. Yeah. All right. All right. So anyway, thank you, Sarah, for coming on here and thank you for listening. I'm sorry for those of you who are more serious. I'm so sorry. We, Maybe we we're not sorry. Day. What are you talking about? I'm not, I'm sorry. not sorry. We're totally not sorry. They just won't come back and listen again. Right. All right. Yeah, everyone's got agency. That's okay. You don't have to listen. There's other there's a lot of serious podcasts out there that are amazing. And so those of you who are more of the serious types, you guys got to this is not going to be your cup of tea. Actually, usually it is. Usually it is your cup of tea. I'm sorry. We probably No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. All right. We need to end this podcast now <laughs> because because I'm starting to go insane. No, I'm driving everyone else insane. <clears throat> All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. If you liked this podcast for, for some odd reason, go over to go over to Apple iTunes and give us a, a rating and a review. And um, that will help people find us. Yeah. And and plus Sarah and I and all the other people that are involved. We've got like my son Philip, he edits all of the audio, and Jennifer takes all of, she listens to all of these podcasts really closely because she actually is the one who makes the transcript so hi jennifer and um and thank you jennifer for what you do mm-hmm. and um I'm trying to think if there's anybody else i think that's it i think it's just the four of us right I yeah making it happen making yeah. it happen so and the four of us we really like reading those reviews it makes us happy yeah so um do that and that's it until next time fly free <laughs> Bye.